welcome to the Area 61 Podcast, where we explore the unknown. Hello everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Area 61 Podcast. I'm your host, Brenton Birdall, and I am joined today by the crew. We have Thor, back by popular demand. Welcome back, Thor. Thank you. We it's good Athena. to be here. Welcome back, Athena. Hello. And we have Dr. B today, again. Always, again. always great to be here. Great to have you. And we also have Transplant from the Great Northern Cackle Podcast, Mr. Colby Krabenhoff. Welcome. Welcome what to the Area happening? 61 Podcast. A little cross-pollination happening today. Welcome, everybody, to episode two. We are so happy to be back. Um, a lot goes into us getting to do these. Uh, 300 miles, 600 round trip. We don't get together as much Six as we'd hour. like to. Six hours each way we come, but it's never it never disappoints. And, a, and a couple of bottles of scotch. A couple of bottles of scotch, twisted teas tonight. We have a little uh, completely legal moonshine that I got from someone who's very legal, can legally sell alcohol, so there's no question there. We also, tonight... Um, our bottle for the episode will be Talisker Storm. So if you'd like to drink along with us, head on down to your local um, to your local liquor store and, and get yourself a bottle of Talisker Storm. They get the latitude and longitude of where it's made on the bottle. Wow, that's really cool. <clears throat> so, episode two. The first episode, um, thank you everybody for the support. Thank you for the kind words and the shares. Um... We were kind of just getting off the ground a little bit, trying to find our wings, trying to find our podcast wings. So we didn't get as detailed as we'd want to get um, first time through because we were just trying to figure everything out. We're just having fun here. We don't know what we're doing. We just really, we like weird stuff and we like talking about it. Um, Thor, you had touched on some stuff. Essentially, the name of the episode was The Gateway. So tell us a little bit more about ooh, perfect the theory of the gateway and a little bit you said you you've been doing a little research on where it stems from and, and just a little bit more in depth about our theory of the gateway and the land and how people might stick around a little bit well it, it does when you go back and research uh, native american culture of this area which would be the ojibwe nation others call it the anishabi nation but legend says from this nation that the earth remembers you when you walk upon it and when the people that walk upon the earth after them get to experience the spirit of those that walked upon the earth before them. And I think this is pretty profound because it kind of it kind of explains a bit of what we've talked about here, how we feel like we are the gateway and you there's a spiritual feel to the area when those people that come here will experience and they'll tell you there's something about this area that's just spiritual. Well, Athena mentioned something in the first episode, kind of like people stick with the land, right? So the people that live here their whole lives don't want to leave. So this just kind of plays into that a little bit. And I guess it's more than just our suspicion. We happen to, you know, we got a little bit more information about it. But you had mentioned in episode one kind of the people that don't want to leave here. You know, the people that live here their whole lives die here. And it's kind of like, you know folklore that they're still here so that would you know if the earth remembers you if it definitely follows with what we've talked about and just researching this and so it's cool to make the connections there there is a connection and it it starts to whether you're spiritual or not uh, there becomes a 
a definite feeling that there's something going on. Right. You feel the energy. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of each individual's leaving their imprint on the land and on the... Their spiritual imprint. Yep. Right. And those, and the creative nature of this area, those that that sit upon this land start to absorb the creativity of those that, that walked on the land before them. Absolutely. Kind of like a spiritual inspiration. Exactly. A feeling that you get. Yeah, there, and it is truly. I mean, I've heard it from more and more people all the time. They said there's something spiritual about this place, and I can't explain it. Well, what they're experiencing is those who walked on the land before them. Artist point, right? How Artist. many people have walked on that point before you? Right. Walked that today, and just think of the energy and the the inspiration and the ingenuity and intelligence that's been on that point, and you get to share that when you breathe the air and you can you can go back and talk about all you want to but there's actually news reports that have gone national on this and that there's been people that have cited a 40-foot image of Jesus Christ the image of Jesus Christ walking on Lake Superior near the area of the Edmund Fitzgerald shipwreck walking with his staff and you can actually Google this and go on YouTube and you can find the image of Jesus Christ walking on Lake Superior. Was it a storm or a cloud or something or what is it? Nobody can explain it. Really? Nobody can. Some say that it was a, was a, a ghost ship. But if you look at that image, it's it looks just exactly like a man walking with a staff and his clo- his cape or his what would you call it his his cloak is waving in the wind on the lake. And you can Google that on YouTube under Jesus Christ Walks on Lake Superior. And you can you can actually watch this video. Um, you know, YouTube, Jesus Christ Walks on Lake Superior, and you'll see the video yourself. So if you want to follow along and watch along with us, uh, have some Talisker Storm, pour yourself a cup, <laughs> fire up the old laptop, and head over to YouTube and look up Jesus Christ Walks on Lake Superior. Speaking and, of ghost ships and yeah. the Fitzgerald, the Edmund Fitzgerald, which we spoke about in the first episode, which we'll probably do more on because it's quite the story. Um, yeah, you gave me a pretty interesting tidbit just out of nowhere today. I, I wanted you to re-mention that. Well, you know, Edmund Fitzgerald is one of the well-known shipwrecks on this lake because it was a large ship and it's of modern time. Between 1880 and 1910, there was over 6,000 shipwrecks on the Great Lakes. You think of how many people were lost how many souls were lost in this la- in these lakes? In my lifetime, so 30-some-odd years, right? Well, 30 years exactly. 6,000 shipwrecks 6, on these 6,000 shipwrecks in 30 years. And by the year, these, uh, these storms have been hitting these lakes, and finally by 1913, we had a massive storm hit the Great Lakes. And that storm scuttled 29 ships on the North Shore alone. Scuttled means sunk? Yeah, these ships were damaged beyond repair wow, we lost one right in the harbor at Duluth and uh, 28 other ships went and actually one ship was able to uh, get ashore uh, near Tetaguch area and they, one of the crazy people on on board threw a rope above on that 80 foot cliff from the ship and got a line up there and got the people off that ship but the rest of them were we're, we're not so lucky. To give you, that's almost <clears throat> almost a ship that went down every other week. Almost. How, how do you get people to get on a ship 
when you know that's happening. You yeah, know what I mean? And, you had to have known, right? And, and that, that just goes to explain that how dangerous the Great Lakes really are. I mean, they, they describe Lake Superior as the most dangerous body of water in the world. Those that are mariners on this lake will tell you that, or people that have di- will dive on this lake, they'll go down and calm waters, and they'll come up to 10 to 15-foot waves 20 minutes later. So it can change that fast on you. And if you're not in the right vessel, you're uh, in those days there was no radar, there was no way of knowing what was coming. So that's why so many were lost. It, Lake Superior demands respect. Even people just swimming and climbing rocks and doing, you know, looking at some of the tourists that just, I don't think they know. You know, I think they just think it's a lake, Lake Superior. They might not even know the full, like, you know, how large it is and how dangerous it is. You see some of the people we've seen this weekend just, like, jumping out and swimming at Temperance and stuff. It's like... Well, Black Sand Beach, those people climbing the... Yeah. Climbing the, the there wall. There are people climbing the rock wall at Black Sand Beach, like, you know, a 12-year-old girl. 50 feet in the air. And yeah. there's One no step. way you would survive that. Like, no. I mean, it was not climbable. Like, it was just... So, I mean... But, just reckless. But honestly, Add, to, 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 to contrast that point, you would expect, at least I would, that the boat traffic on this lake would be very busy. Yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely. And it isn't, it is not. None. It's quite not because wanna, there is the a water. tremendous amount of respect uh, and, and, and I, uh, just common sense yeah, I, I that had no idea. people are fearful of this lake. I do uh, want to tell you that back at this time when this was occurring back in the early 1900s. Duluth Harbor was the lar- the busiest ship harbor in the United States. It was the busiest. It had the most ship traffic. Lumber, was, or was this the steel? This was, this was the iron ore industry had gone. Okay. It was uh, grain. They were building America. They were building America. And, American steel. And you think of how of New York and how busy New York was because you had Ellis Island. And Duluth Harbor was busier than New York. Because we didn't import things like we do no, now. No, we built our own. On America's birthday, just reminding you. Yeah. We used to build it in America. American America. steel. Happy birthday, America. America. America was built through the new, the, through the Duluth Harbor and the Great Lakes. Absolutely. That, that's the absolute truth. The this country, the country but, was built on this. You know, I still think, you know, if you look at just simple, say, sailboat traffic from Bayfield to Grand Marais or from Duluth to, you know, I, I don't know that much about sailing at all, but... You don't see it. Right. Now that you mention it, you don't... To see a sailboat see is like... To see even just... We've seen one good size passenger boat, right? Uh, it would have been... What would have been? It would have been a... The, you know, the, yacht. It was the, like a mini yacht, right? This is the largest lake in the world, isn't it? Absolutely. The largest and lake in the world. And so you yeah. would think that uh, some intrepid uh, sailor would uh, would be sailing this from one corner to the other all summer long, but you don't you don't see that. Three and a half years... I've been coming here three years, I've seen one sailboat. And well, the marina has five boats in it. You know, did you guys notice that? And well, even the buoys, even Bayfield. If you go down to Bayfield, yeah. that that's a just a very um, picturesque and very nice Grand place. Marina. The size of yeah, and, Grand Marie. You, you don't see all that many boats, and that's just good thinking because this lake is capable of producing thirty-five foot weights. So that's a three-story building coming yeah. at you at every every seventy-five feet. And that lake will pound you to death just instantly, and that's why the the ships went down. That was a seven size of a city, two city blocks, seven hundred and fifty like, foot. Yeah, right. Ship. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That was the that was the pride of the shipping industry. 
Well, we're, you know, we're not even talking about November. We're talking about summer right months in spring and things like that. I mean, you just don't see the boat traffic across no, this lake. No, don't. And, and really, if you lived in Chicago, it would not be a, a, a throw to have a boat in Bayfield. No. Uh, to drive up to Bayfield from Chicago and, and sail, sail this lake. But you, you don't see it. You don't. Right. So you could start in Chicago? No, I'm saying if you, you know, a, oh, yeah, a wealthy state. person in Chicago Absolutely. that had a nice boat, yeah, which is not beyond anybody's reach, and, right. and, and plop it down in Bayfield, you know, and if you were an accomplished sailor, so right. to speak, you would think that the size of the lake, the challenge of the lake, that people would be on it. For some reason, it doesn't really occur that much. Even just recreationally, like you That's see fishing I mean. boats and things like that, a lot of they'll hang out around Duluth. You see, like some fishing boats around Duluth. But if you get any north or than two harbors, I have, I've never seen a fishing like. Yesterday saying, we did see one. Me, he was cleaning fish. He wasn't even on the. Lake. Not even. But that was like that was like almost like an ocean style deep, like a deeper sea fishing boat. I'm saying like a twenty. Oh, you're, foot you're lund, talking like a lund, like a, a lund boat. boat, like guys out fishing for walleyes. Or, I mean, around here trout or salmon or whatever, right? Right. But you would think you would see, because uh, like Lake Erie, that's one of the, like the walleye premier spots for walleye fishing. Yeah. Lake Erie. If you can, you can't even get a boat into the landing in the morning. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I'm from Ohio. Yeah. And to, to go up to Putin Bay and yep. this weekend at Putin Bay, you can walk across the boats. Right. I mean, it's and literally stepping 18, stones. 16 and 20, oh, foot, 20 foot vessels, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, That's just talking to your, your normal run of the mill Lund, pro, you know. Even on like Devil's Lake, though, I wouldn't want to go on anything smaller than an 18 foot boat. Up Absolutely. There. But I've, Devil's Lake can. I've been on that lake when yeah, the Tigers came up. Bay, I've that seen gets where nuts. 15 people were all helping land boats. Cause <clears> and this lake's way bigger. Yeah. So, well, I grew up on Sakakawea, right? Which is, yep. what, 30 miles wide, right? It's the largest man <laughs> the largest man made lake in the United States. And people respect that too and there's people that die every year but you're right now that i never really thought about that like the like you said in grand in grand marais you can count the boats in the marina in on your hands like yep. why would it not be packed on one hand on one hand yeah, yeah. there's a houseboat and like three other you know crafts that we three see three sailboats and that houseboat i was like how is that houseboat because it was not that nice out there well well planted it wasn't even moving so it must be very heavy or I, I was wondering about that or is the anchor it's down like when or? you get in like a fiberglass like a large fiberglass boat on the on a big lake they they, they kind of just sit in the water they don't do the <clears throat> do the um the wave the, right. the waves that guy's next level though out there whoever you are give us a call whoever lives in the houseboat in Grammaray, that guy's cool yeah it's crazy yeah, but you know, it's, uh, what is it, uh, it was 85 degrees here yesterday, which is unusually hot, and then two days from now, it's going to be 62 during the day, so, We were you know, seeing again, a temperature I, I, change of 14 degrees just going from the mountain yeah. down to the lake. Yeah. Even yeah. just driving on 61 as you get away from the water? Well, you can go down to Cascade, and it's 65 degrees, and come up here uh, uh, half a mile, and it's 80 just today on caribou caribou trail when i was coming back down you could feel the temperature difference as you could see as soon as you could start to see the lake you could feel the temperature coming down the hill there on the motorcycle i know it was cold we stopped at the top of caribou and we were like Alyssa was on the back of the bike and she's like we can't stay up here we can't stay up here here fill it up let's every let's everyone get a crack and a fill let's drink together cheers everyone happy birthday america get it get it athena feel the she don't mess around wussy Feel the storm. Get get the guzzle. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll? No, Dr. B. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to cool that one down. The energy of the spicy. lake wet that one up. The energy of the lake is a little bit, it's a little uneasy for me, you know? Like, it does demand respect. It's scary. It's bigger than anything I've ever seen before. Um, even just being in the lake with the little amount of ripple and waves we had, it was kind of overwhelming a little bit when we jumped in today. And it was very cold, and I thought to myself, I was thinking of the men on the Edmund Fitzgerald, like, what if I were working, right? And it's the middle of July right now. So we're probably at a water temperature that's 15 to 20 degrees above what it would have been when they crashed. Correct. And I'm in there 20 degrees warmer, and I was in for 15 seconds on my own accord, and I just, I just thought to myself, what if I was like a worker on that ship, and I had to jump off or if you fell off or if your if your ship went down how long you think you could last in that water i don't think i could last 15 minutes it wouldn't last long no so, you know the great part about this it was 60 50. or excuse me 50.4 degrees at grand marais and, at grand marais and, that's and, you, and you can look at this as it the water temperature and the lake and the the elusiveness of the lake and the the inability to run a boat on it as as a negative but it's actually a great positive because it commands the respect it commands you know a, tr a truly uh, a unique individual that would come up or try to run a boat on the lake or that would right. try to live here and uh that that's kind of the uniqueness of this area that makes it a really a special place um it's self-limiting. Right, exactly. Who uh, who would you say would probably be the best sailors in the world? The wouldn't, you, wouldn't you think of the Norwegians? Spain? Oh, yeah, the Norwegians, yeah. Oh, no, from Newfoundland. The, Newfies, Newfoundland. the Newfies don't hold a candle to the Norskis. Oh, you're stunned me, Ars. Oh, yeah, well, you know you're talking to Thor here, so yeah, I'm a little <laughs> biased. Anyway, the Norwegians have uh, decided they're putting a cruise ship on the Great Lakes. Oh, and really? they will be sailing across this area this region and they will be going into Duluth Harbor really and they'll that's something that the it was delayed a year because of covid but there will be a cruise that'll be our actual Norwegian cruise, cruise line Norwegian cruise line they do that a lot will of be, the rivers in Norway and things like yeah, that yeah right? so they decided to do a great lakes tour that's and crazy. it's it's not a cheap tour but i'm sure if the Norwegians put it on it'll be pretty good fair weather only then depending mm -hmm. Or, or they, can, they'll they, they'll be they, doing this in the summer. So they'll be bringing a ship that can. It's basically sixty five hundred dollars a head. Wow. For the for the cruise, and they're they're booked out. They're booked out for the first three years. There's not a seat. Just there's not a seat waivers? to be had. No waivers to be sent. So my question is: the craft that they're bringing is it is it large enough that they can be so wherever it's they an want? Ocean going vessel. Okay. It's as large as the. Uh, the ships that they're putting on the because they really only have to go what they wouldn't even even have they wouldn't even have to go a full day for where they no i mean there has who has a harbor that can yeah that would be the issue you know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? well no because you're you're putting these big uh barges in here so yeah but you're not putting you your barges in at grand marais they're not gonna be able to stop no, there they're not stopping no. they're gonna be stopping at all the major major shipping ports. vessels Correct. right yep they'll which be aren't going, exactly in they'll my be opinion, they'll be sailing lake michigan well, there's really not too much tourist attraction if you did the circle you know right if you did a circle tour there's really is it know, not but wawa and uh naipon and whatever the other yeah well sue saint marie right. is probably yeah, the, sault saint marie, the locks but, of that are probably the you know and, uh, i'm saying sixty five hundred dollars ahead when you can go to norway i'm not hating on it no 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna but, take pictures of it and look at it when it goes by. The, no, exactly. I, I, I mean I'm shocked that somebody hasn't tried to do this before. Yeah, I am too. And I, it, I mean it shocked. Was, it's, it's the biggest lake in the world for God's sake. Right. Just yeah. from that perspective. Well, in the shore, the the, the views on the shore that you can't get to yeah. from a trail. And think of think of know. how hot the summers yeah. are for people. Think right. about spending your sitting you know, the week on the Great Lakes where it's cool. Yeah, cool fifty degree wind blowing over the. Yeah. Blowing yeah, over the rails. it would be similar to your Alaskan cruise. I mean, it's you're you're gonna have days like this out on the out on the big lake. You have temperatures in the in the fifties. A nice like fifty five degree breeze coming over the deck with some shuffleboard. Mm-hmm. Maybe that some uh, like my dream. Maybe some Talisker Storm or a Hams. Oh, I yeah. think we'll be selling snow cones and T-shirts and stickers out there in uh, Lutzen. Oh yeah, yeah. So open to Lutzen Harbor. Alien tours. Well, oh for it, sure. You know, Here if, we go. That that only that'll just adds to the possible infrastructure to be built in the area. I mean, for if you have the possibility of a cruise ship, why wouldn't you to come that? up and harbor up at your your right. dock? Well, it might be in your best interest to to build the infrastructure to have a place, a to, hotel to maybe, or they stay on the ship. No, they right? they can yeah, but they can go aboard. They can go ashore. Have you been on a cruise before? I have not. I not, nor have I. Have you been on a cruise? No. I, I, it doesn't appeal to it me. It doesn't appeal to me either. Not in the slightest. But Alaskan cruise, I would maybe like to do, but that's probably about it. Right. Northern, I, Northern you know, Norwegian some, River. Uh, some, you know, like a Rhine cruise where you have a small, very small vessel and you're going up the Rhine or something <coughs> with a uh, reason. But to get in the where those things are stacked like high top hotels. No you way. see that Forget it. if while you're YouTubing Jesus Walks on Water on Lake Superior, you should YouTube Carnival Cruise uh, Disasters. And there's people, it shows people stuck in the ships, literally, like, all, everything on the main ballroom of a ship, like the crystal chandelier, the dance floor, the piano, just literally sliding back and forth 30 yards on the ship. Cause it was, I mean, I, I think the cruise industry's got a lot of recovery to do with... Uh, that's why I think it's crazy. Only the Norwegians could come out at $6,500 a person. I mean, there's carnival cruises you can take off of the, in southern Florida. They can't even give them away. They're like 200 bucks. Yes. Well, I have to see what it happens, but it's yeah, a, yeah. It, like I said, I, I think it begs to the idea that like I, I find it hard to believe that somebody has not tried this right. before, and I think it probably is due to the fact that you don't have too many stops where you can pull in. Right, you're basically floating on a what lake. What do you think stops like? Why is there not a McDonald's in Grand Marais? They they won't allow. They chains. won't allow it. They don't allow chains. So there's like a because we were wondering this, you know. There are no chains well, forgotten. No besides, chains besides yeah. holiday. They, they can't find anybody to yeah. work anything, let alone. The only thing is a holiday and a subway. That's pretty much. I noticed that today that everything had a help wanted. Yeah. It's uh, the, the it's mom and pop, and they want to keep it mom and pop. And they can they do that though? Yeah. How, at some can. point, how do you do that? Well, mm-hmm. somebody will come in, and somebody will challenge the system, and it will fall. But right. it's, it's not going to happen. But nobody's done it yet. No. Yeah. Dollar General tried. Yeah. They. Because we were wondering, holiday made it in. But that's local Minnesota. I mean, I, I've said this for a long time, and that is that, you know, with the great change in real estate here and the property selling and changing, there will come a player that will come into this area, into this county, and will rock the world here and change it and turn right. it upside down. It's just odd to me that it hasn't happened. Yeah. It's not like a Somebody Jackson, Somebody has got the money right? or got the knowledge or got the law degree or whatever to challenge the system, and, and they'll turn it upside down. It happens everywhere, and it happens all the time. It's fascinating it hasn't happened here, though. Well, it just takes time. Yeah? Just a matter of time. time will come. Dr. B, you're real optimist today. Well, I, I, you know what? <laughs> it, 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 We're it all is screwed. Optimistic. 
and no, Amazon's I, I, coming. And no, I think it needs to happen. Uh, I think you want a Walmart. Uh, or what? You know, the old system is is uh, is is. Is, is really impeded some some progress. COVID here. really shook it too, but it kind yeah, of yeah, it's a tough time. You yeah, know, you can't judge anything on what's gone on the last two years. But I mean, the the it's just odd that you don't see a caribou coffee or a you know Minnesota's. Well, caribou. I think you know, I think there's some value in that. I agree, but I, I also love it. think I, I think it's, it's awesome. A small business. Yeah, right. Which is great. Which but, is great. But I also think that, uh, you know, you cut your nose off to spite your face uh, because, you know, there, there's, a, there's a fine line there. Sure. And uh, if, if you continue to do things old school way, it, it ends up there's a price to pay for it, which is going on right now. You know, there's no manpower. There's nobody sure. to. You, you, there's no jobs, which know, means there's, no, there's not people. There's more the stuff area. going out the of Grand that, Marais than going into it. The people that move here already have their money kind of right in a way so they're not working i'm saying the amount of people that the wealthy from what i can gather it's not that you know anyone can live in grand marais or anyone can live in if you can find a house that's what i'm saying if you can find a house but (laughs) the wealthier people you see some of the larger you know a lot of the real estate is is pretty high-end stuff and if someone's buying a million and a half you know dollar property they're probably not going to go work at you know, chilies. No, no, but I think the person that buys the million and a half dollar property That's comes up here and lives here, even if they come up for the summer or they rent it, they're going to expect some services associated with that, which is I can go to the grocery store on Sunday afternoon yeah. or I can, you know, expect to get a pizza from a pizza place and not wait in line for three hours. They want the creature comforts of a bigger right, city. Right, And that does not exist at this moment right. in time. And that's a manpower shortage that there's various issues on why that occurred right. in this area or occur. But yeah, yeah, and that's, not, that's a transition of the area because so many people have come up here to get away from that. Right. And that's, that's why this area is as unique as it is, is that we, you know, we have transition into a everybody's home they buy a property and they turn it into a vacation rental property right the the man the manpower shortage is real everywhere though not just here yeah. no i agree <clears throat> everywhere is really not to real. change the subject ren but you know i was visiting with dr b and he was you know we talked about this can you take a break no. we had oh. talked about the aircraft that went down and in the 50s originally and, yeah originally back in, yeah and back to the weird yeah well you know it's, it's all weird it, it's not weird the because extra. these this was a reality of the time and it's just kind of been brushed under the water and dr b's done a little bit of research on the on the air force and done a little bit of studying on that and i'd kind of like to get into that a little bit if we could let's do it what do you got for us so when i uh, i met you the bird man here i am about two years ago I don't, two or three. Two? two I don't know. Yeah. Two three. So uh, I came at you with some pretty off-the-wall stuff, which was the UFO. Yeah, right. Sasquatch and, and stuff. I, UFO yeah, stuff. Sasquatch, UFO, Nessie, every every kind of off-the-road, off-the-wall thing. And uh, and uh, I think that was a common factor that kind of united us right. as, as being uh, mutually uh, crazy weird. and weird. Um but the premise of that, from my mind, when I when I would throw that at people, was uh, you come up here to the North Shore, and uh, well, I thought the Northern Lights was attributed to aliens. 
Same. And I also thought that uh, why did Duluth have an Air Force base with F-16s in it? Right. In Duluth, Minnesota, really? What, they were scared that Canadian, cheap Canadian beer was going to come over the border, so they were going <laughs> to stop this? I mean, what, you know, what was, what was the... Were the, were the, the steel deposits and like yeah. the refineries worth yeah. were they so influential to America? Yeah, what, what that's was what the, they were protecting. What was the basis of, so. of putting F-16s in, in, Duluth, in Duluth, Minnesota? That's a good Minnesota. question. So you know that weighed heavy on my mind, and and I got to preface the whole conversation with the idea that utmost respect to armed forces, utmost respect to the Air Force, veterans, active duty members, reservists. Uh, this is in no way any any. Uh, condemnation or any shorting your service uh utmost respect to you that's all i gotta say uh, shout out to is, the military especially yeah. today yeah happy birthday yeah. america thank you absolutely to absolutely. absolutely but you know again my my premise on this whole thing was uh and i do not know anything about national air defense nor do and, i and uh, i could go across and select air force bases across the northern border of the united states uh, that approximate canada and look at how those individual stations are uh, staffed and what type of aircraft is there and why those aircraft are there do i know anything more about that no i don't uh, i think the uh, it's the usually a regional decision based off of how far away from something or how quickly they could get to things usually of importance right well, I think, you know, how, how they staff uh, and, and, and what Where do type the tanks of, go? Where do the B-52s yeah. go? Where what type F-16? of military assets are put at locations probably have to do with uh, one uh, location. Strategy. Is it advantageous for a strategic? Right. Uh, does it make sense from a protection point of view? Two, uh, are the assets present at that facility to facilitate placing more assets there? In other words... Uh, you know, do you have a runway that could land the B-52? Do you have hangar system? Is it already in place? Is it cost effective to do that? And third thing is, the, the common thing is politics. Do you have somebody in Congress that uh, wants to boost your area to, uh, to, to make it uh, economically successful for the community to, to have a facility at that area? Uh, you know, then that occurs all the time. Uh, I was active duty military in Georgia in uh, Fort Stewart, and uh, uh, they were going to close in 1975. Fort Stewart was going to close, but uh, along came Jimmy Carter as president. In surprise, it became one of the top three military insta- uh, installations in the country, rapid deployment force, uh, due to Jimmy Carter. So, you know, again, what what makes a facility important and what makes a facility relevant to to national defense? Um, so we can draw some just general conclusions based off of exactly. common sense, based off of, you know, your, mm. your time in the military and, and kind of, so it comes down to two, you know, it comes down to location, comes down to military st- uh, strategy, and it would come down to, um, you know, uh, regional, um, infrastructure, regional, like right. you said, keeping people, keep bringing a military installation, whether you're doing maintenance on something or you're e- actively, um, operating out of that in like a defensive way. I grew up five miles from an Air Force base. Let me so. let me just step outside of the box a okay. little bit. What has the Air Force been recording on off their ships in the last month, and they're releasing it to the well, public? Well, they've just they've always been recording it, from what I can gather. But now, 
a couple people came forward and you know the time it's declassified right recently within the last couple months so people have come forward with damning evidence and video and the pilot the fighter pilots that we talked about a little bit about it the the we call it the tic tac yeah or we call it the egg but i think this place to it those were they were scrambled right scramble is another word for they were ordered to go scramble something and this is just kind of my general this is what i see what it is yeah get up and see what what the heck it's doing and stop it if it's doing something that it shouldn't be doing so like so like thor says the last couple months we've seen on and mainstream media dateline uh new york times even local right Um, and and i've i can i gotta go back because i've i've talked to the old timers of the area and way back going back as far as you can go They've always talked about the things going down and going in the water. Right. Here. Right. And that's so what they've proved does that the last maybe does that maybe explain a little bit more why that air base in in Duluth has what they have? Well, is there is there information that they know? So I, my my mission is not to demean criticize or, or criticize or absolutely right. question the service of the people working yeah. at that air base. Mine is just Pure speculation curiosity. based on the fact of, 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 of what, I'm, what I'm trying to present here. And this is the first half of this. So the, the Duluth National Air National, or the Air National Guard of, of Minnesota and the Air Force first appeared in 1948 at the airport in Duluth. And at that point, Air Defense Command activated uh, what was called the 11th Fighter Interceptor Squadron. In, in, in way back in 48. Um, since that time, the name of the units that have been um, present at that base have, have changed as uh, really up to 10 or 12 different planes have, um, have been utilized there. All of these planes um, have all been had one thing in common, and that is they have been fighters and interceptors. Um, and so it, there was a brief period where we there was some reconnaissance group and uh, uh, weather and condition reconnaissance uh, aircraft, but for the most part, uh, the greatest number of these is kind of an interesting idea. Why at this location do we see those type of aircraft? Uh, presently, uh, the 148th Fighter Wing is stationed at, at Duluth, uh, the National Guard Center. Um, these are, sta- or are uh, outfitted with uh, Block 50 F-16C Fighting Falcon planes. These are wartime these ready. These mean business. These are like the best we have, right? This the is fastest. it. This is you know, good. these are supersonic jets. These are uh, it's in independence designed today. for air-to-air and air-to-ground combat. And um, they're in Duluth. Uh, this unit has been deployed. It's been deployed uh, to Kandahar. It's been deployed to Bulgaria. It's also been deployed when 9-11 went on to Washington and I believe went to uh, New York City also to fly surveillance there. National people in it, but we have fighter planes here in Duluth. Um, interestingly enough, um, NORAD, protecting? Uh, NORAD um, exists for this area of the country in Winnipeg, Manitoba. 
There's three places in North America where NORAD exists, Winnipeg, uh, down in Tyndale in Florida, Tyndale Air Force Base, and also in Alaska. And so we're right on the doorstep of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, you know, I understand the national... So one would ask why would we have that if there's a NORAD base so close, right? You know, and again... Also a large Air Force base um, across the lake that protects... Is There's all, to my understanding, right, there's... Is it still... I don't know the name of it. I shouldn't even bring it up, but there's a large port in Ohio, correct? Or in Michigan, there's, there's another Air Force base on Lake Superior, correct? That's where the jet scrambled from the uh, That was Wisconsin. That was oh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin. in Wisconsin, so there is. That, so, yeah. So, again, you know, so again. I, I, I cannot question air defense. Right. You know, I, I don't know the whole scheme, and there is, I God can. knows there is a scheme. I can question it. But, again. What it, the hell is going on? You know. It, Let me be the voice of wonder. We need to know. You can be the voice of reason. I will be the, I'll be the crazy tin tinfoil hat in this situation. Theory number one. Are you ready for them? We're going to break them down. We always like to get into theories. Is there an alien base under Lake Superior? Thoughts? Nobody can prove it. I, I, I personally don't think it's under Lake Superior. I think there myself. Do you have a name of the lake that you like to share? No, I, uh, but, I, but I do think uh, if it's going to happen, that's where it's at. Why? Why do you, how do you get to that? I centered around that whole Northern Lights concept, and, and what we're seeing as Northern Lights may not actually be Northern Lights. Uh, but could I be some exhaust or some radiation from their whatever they're doing there could be could be I, I you know I throw this out with the NORAD thing where uh, NORAD is North American Aerospace Aerospace Defense Command Aerospace Defense Command Defense Command it isn't uh, you know anything. theory one so my theory is that it's in Lake Superior because Lake Superior <laughs> is what how many feet deep it's crazy 1500 feet 1500 feet deep you could get a, in you could get an alien layer down there so, no problem. you know, th my first my first half of this is to present this whole premise that the fighter wing exists there for more than just national defense. So I apologize. I'm defense. jumping ahead. I'm excited. No. I want to know. My, my second, which is, which is unsubstantiated or can't be uh, found, no one will answer my question, is how many times have jets been scrambled at... Uh, at this air base or people called in it is a reservist base a national guard base not a active duty base but uh in response to anything that may be unidentified, unidentified. you know is there a history of this and uh presenting an email to them was was uh you know we we can't release information like that and if we could it's classified into discussion by really yes <laughs> you sent them an email <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, what were you expecting a full write-up? No, I'm expecting nothing. You know, I, what I was C expecting is zero, zero, yeah. What zero, I was expecting is what I got, which was zero. Right. A, a denial, or you know, are you out of your you mind? You should frame the letter. Though. Yeah. Did it have the letterhead in it? No, it's just an email, oh, and it's it was just an email. you know, you I, print I, that I, off an Outlook. Print out of your email to, the, know, the, to this, NORAD asking if they were no, not for NORAD. This this went to the the air wing. Oh, the air wing command. Dear air wing. Yeah, and they're public Our affairs. Our real. And, Love Dr. B. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, again, you know, uh, it, to, to look at this as a two-part thing, One, the first one was, you know, why does it exist? And it's, to me, it supports the idea of what's, what's the activity going on here. And the second one is, have, have you had to 
respond to anything? You know, is your role more than just national defense? Is it something Or could you even tell us historically about? unclassified, which we probably find out. Like, is there any information that you could give us that's unclassified? We know that, it, that they scrambled the one that we covered in episode one, right? I, that was in 53 or something. Right. Like so this is modern day. Do you ever see jets over the... Oh, yeah. You oh. do? You see once jets a month. The they're once four a, days. They're training. Four, you know, oh, Thursday training. through Sunday. Well, of course they're training, they're right? Training. How would yeah. you hide an operation? Yeah. You train right over the top of it. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. Thought plot yeah. thickens. Yeah. So again, utmost respect to, to the service members. Shout and out to America. Happy birthday. Thank exactly. you, service uh, I, I watched uh, the dog fight out there. That's crazy. You know. Yeah. Theory two. When you, when, you, when you hear an F-16 go over your house at, uh, on a Saturday or on a Friday or a Breaking, Thursday, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, it's going over the lake, it, it, it puts a little question in your mind what's going on. See, I'm like in this weird objects only come out at night. So I've always kind of thought that, that UFOs, people only see UFOs at night. Well, but, when, when you're farther enough up outside of the atmosphere, it's always night. <laughs> Whoa, mind and, blown, Thor. And in, mind blown. And in closure for my segment, I have to once again plug my organization. Go ahead. Lies, the Lutzen Institute of Ex- Extraterrestrial Studies. It's amazing. Uh, Lies. 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 What an acronym. What a program. What a society. What a group. I think that there's aliens under there. I just thought about it. Because, okay, so to to what Thor said, there's been a couple really popular, famous stories in the news, and it all involves them. Did you see that TikTok that I sent you, not to get too far off? Did you see the TikTok I sent you of the Spanish-speaking people on the boat where the freaking thing... There's a Black Hawk helicopter following it, and it shoots down in the water. You got it, didn't you? I didn't. Didn't I not send it to you guys? Thor didn't receive that. There's a TikTok floating around. It's really, it's really kind of. There's no one. It's from an account that's like got like a thousand followers. I come. I came across it really weird. I came across it in a weird way. Um, not even on TikTok. I see it on another website, and I found it. We'll we'll post it maybe to Facebook, and it's essentially a UFO. 50 yards away from this fishing boat and there you hear the black hawk helicopter come in and they're startled by it and the guy's looking it's with a cell phone and this unidentified object plunks under the water right in front of them and then the black hawk helicopter essentially they show this black hawk helicopter attempting to find this thing in the water for a minute or something and then all of a sudden two f-15s come by and this guy's documenting documenting the whole situation from this um, Spanish it was like in, it, they must have been in Me- off the coast somewhere in Mexico is where it happened I thought I sent it to you but so the the water the tide of the water now with UFOs is is now proven yeah well there, you know there's a con- if you talk to them, the, the same story lights over the lake lights you over hear the lake. this they're landing on the lake they're all kinds of stuff. I grew up lake. in Devil's Lake and we had we grew up hearing a fork of folk tales and people telling first-hand stories of the lights over that lake. Mm-hmm. It's just tied to a body of water. Mm-hmm. All right, well, this has been a lot to process. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back.
And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Fourth of July. We have some. We have a thunderstorm rolling in over, um, over Lutzen. From the north. From the north. From the northwest. Correct. Yes. So we have some real deep thunder, kind of eerie, as we are sitting in the dark living room, just kind of talking over our second segment. We also have um, some of the eager firework displayers popping off behind us. Trying so to beat the rain. Trying to beat the rain that's supposed to be here in about eight minutes. Um, what a night, though. Kind of a weird, it's kind of a different feel tonight. It's calm. What would you like? Just looking at your glass. At my glass? I have poured myself a glass of Toluscar Storm. Is that how you'd say it? Yeah, that would be a good Pretty good. to say it there, mate. I'm drinking scotch the way that it's meant to be drank. Oh, you snob, you. No, I am. I'm scotch. just saying you're trying to say that oh, there's dear. a bit of an argument going on um, about how you're supposed to be drinking scotch. Scotch is supposed to be diluted with water. It's actually supposed to be diluted with a special kind of water at a special temperature that's spring water or filtered water. So we have some of the... Yeah, and I have a very high-quality water in my scotch. Turn I have your glass green and purple. That's the lights from the mixer. Oh. Thor has had a couple glasses of scotch before me, but I thought I would jump on the train. Uh, let's get weird. So if you got your drink, uh, cheers to America, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. 45 minutes to an hour out of your life to join us, to listen to and hopefully discuss with you and yours the stranger things of the North Shore. I think that is really a good way to put it there. Brian. Right. I stranger mean, things that's what it is. It's, it's the stranger things. Speaking of stranger things, um, um, give us a review <laughs> on YouTube. Excuse me. We're not even on YouTube. Well, we are on. No, we're not. The Great Northern Cackle. Check out the Great Northern Cackle on YouTube, YouTube if you like to build cars or you like to see grown men act like boys and videotape themselves and run around town. Acting like a bunch of fools. And get frustrated. Episode 2 will be coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, uh, if you'd like, uh, leave us a strange comment on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the Area 61 Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, we are on Spotify. Um, soon we will be setting up a voicemail line on Spotify so you can leave us messages to tell us about the strange things that we should be covering and talking about. How fun is that? So hopefully we can get some people to call in and tell us some of the strange things that they already know about. Speaking of strange things, Thor, you have something for us. By people for you know, probably thousands of years. You know, the natives have been here for a long time. But nobody knows the natives to have been uh, like miners or anything like to that degree. And it's it's been it's been discovered that up on Isle Royale there's remnants of mines on, on Isle Royale that they carbon date these areas to back to 5,600 years ago. And obviously 5,600 years ago, we're, we're it's long. prehistoric. Yeah, we're long before anybody uh, from uh, European culture uh, visited this area. Obviously the Norwegians were maybe here eight or 900 years ago, but uh, I don't when we're talking about 5,600 years ago, that's a little different. Uh, the, and the natives have no uh, record of that they would got involved in mining, you know, copper metals and this and that. But that was only because they were unusual and they turned green and they were they were different. And some of the pieces of metal that had possibly been mined from the earth that they were finding 
were very unusual. Uh, the most unusual thing is when you go up to Isle Royale where they have remnants of the mines that had been, as I say, were carbonated back to 5,600, 5,700. Human history, I mean, there's, there's a huge difference in technology. Well, technology is mining, right? Yeah. Mining is, you can measure technology. Mining would be a technology that you could measure, right? Yeah, they have they have remnants of mines that went down under Isle Royale to 150 feet below the surface of Isle Royale. Well, I'm just going to interject something to that, and that post-Ice Age, this lake was a lot bigger. And you go back 5,600 years ago, I'm not sure what the level of the lake would be, but Isle Royale at that point may not have even been visible. Absolutely. As, as an island. Right. It may have been underwater at this point. Well, here's the the most bizarre thing: is they have uh, remnants of skulls that are not human on on this uh, island that they have found. They're documented in the Smithsonian. Well, it's a real thing, right? The, the, the items, or not been, the Smithsonian, but I mean, it's a museum. It's well known. Well, the Smithsonian has a uh, an item of copper that was taken out of. Ontonigan River in the late 1700s. And that piece of copper had been mined from the earth but and processed, but this piece of copper alone was 3,100 pounds. That's a big piece of and copper. This was something when you talk about native cultures, they were they were smart enough to figure out that this was something really unusual. This was a piece of copper that was really big. Not in a natural form. Either. Not in a natural form. And, you know, when copper as it is will turn green and turn colors and do things as copper does it's just a natural thing but like an oxidation it oxidizes green and you know throughout the country there's been evidence of mining and that's gone on prior to mankind being here most of it has either been precious metals or mica and these are all things that are necessary in the production of electricity and creating electronic devices obviously copper is a highly conductive metal that was very valuable to somebody that was trying to conduct electricity or and also mica well as as we talk about that that mine you think about 150 foot mine shafts underneath the surface of isle royale possibly when there was water covering the entire you can't mine underwater probably the early 1800s somebody did decide that they were going to try and mine out on out on one of the islands out there and they actually built dikes and they they tried to fortify the area but they finally gave up because it just wasn't going to work flood and they finally gave up their operation right too expensive too expensive we don't have, yeah like so manpower. even even modern day they didn't have the technology correct to, to number one t- these tunnels and these mines right yeah. it would have had to been a pretty uh i mean essentially it would have to be a modern mining technique even maybe so modern that we we don't even have access well, to it. Well, you think of 5,700 years ago and boring 150 feet below the surface of maybe a submerged island yeah, on Lake Superior. How did you get there? How did you know without modern technology that, that the island was, the isle was even there? It was even there, correct. Uh, and So let, let's just keep this clean from a geographical point of view. The older wasn't an Isle of Royale it wasn't. issue. It was a UP issue of... Uh, Correct. So, so just, it was on the Ontonagon River, which right. is, which is Can, 90 miles south of Isle Royale. 
Right. So I, I you know, I just don't want to confuse that issue that this, right. this hunk and, of and copper was, was found on yeah. on Isle of Royale when, when yeah. geographically. Yeah, and this wasn't. is this is just discussion. This is where the it, it's got a common thread, but yeah. yet it's right. it's you the know. Ontonagon River is actually in Upper Michigan. Okay. On just on the kind of on the southern edge of the Keweenaw Peninsula. But it's been tied to also the Isle of Royale. That's supposedly where the skull was found that, right. that doesn't match right. or date any, um, you know, any, I don't even know what you'd say. Yeah, I've, I've seen pictures of the skull, and the skull is definitely not. Like a larger like, forehead? or Very long, elongated Right. It skull. didn't match any, like, what? 5,000 years ago, there were no people in that. It would just been at first, it had been it, like First Nation you know, yeah, like you know, Native Americans. Yeah, and at at that time, that would have been early in their time too, because the ice had only been gone approximately three thousand years at that point, and the lake was much larger in those days. And like, there was like a piece of folklore that folklore of aliens taking over that area or something. That there was like some ancient story that aliens had come and taken over. So we're talking about. We're talking about alien stories that are thousands of years old. Well, They've been talking about these aliens for how many years? Well, Ancient aliens, to, I mean, you know. Where do you think Wheel in the Sky came from? You right. Know, the song Wheel in the Sky, it came from the ancient Native American people. They were drawing pictures in caves of the Wheel in the Sky. That's where that came from. So I would I would have to say that, you know, this is this is interesting. Uh, it would require maybe more investigation, but you know we're dipping our toe in right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely uh, unexplainable. Sure, I, I can't I can't explain it to you. We're gonna dig more into it. We kind of just found out about it, but there's always been there's been um, extraterrestrial activity tied to precious metals, right, Doctor B? Yeah. That's that goes hand in hand, right? So as we learn more about this, because we're just hobbyists and we we like the you know you guys live in live in the area we love the area we just kind of it all started as like dinner conversation like there's some weird things going on around here so you're on a journey with us as we dig into it a little bit more we start to get some details um and it's creepy i mean it's awesome it's exciting to me i think hearing about alien skulls being found um and the isle of royale and a major a piece of you know a couple ton piece of copper that obviously had to have been mined and put in that shape, which is now in the Smithsonian. I mean, I would have never known anything about that. So hopefully we can educate you as well um, on this weird journey that is Area 61. What is that? Oh. Wheel in the sky. I thought it was a ghost. <laughs> I was like, weird shit's happening. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Thank you, Dr. B, for joining us. The Air Force about aliens. I think that's great. I didn't know that. But if, oh, yeah. if there was a job interview for this podcast, you just got the job. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Thor, always always a pleasure. Um, I like the ancient aliens thing. It's really cool. Because aliens aren't just a modern thing. They're an ancient thing, which really, if you think about it, what's 5,000 years to an alien? Time doesn't exist. The time continuum varies from where you live. Right. Like the Beatles said, you know, time is time. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Colby. Well, actually, we can't even end because you wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit about the I don't, Jets. I'm, I don't want to because I'm super intrigued by this entire thing. But 
<clears throat> the the whole jets. Let's just um, explain what you think. Like, I mean, the well, reasoning that you're aware of as to why they're there. It's just center central location, you know. KK it, mentioned it, a little bit while we were on break about if Russia were to attack through Canada, they'd be able to scramble the jets to intercept yeah. before it hit well, American it, soil. Right, right, it right. is closer to Russia from here going north than it is going east. Yeah, totally get it. So that's yeah. how they justify it, but we still want to know why. Yeah, I but mean, it still doesn't I, explain why they're over yeah, the lake. I, I do not. Tread on. All you really said was it, it speak. It sparks a bit of suspicion. It just does, and I and I think I told you at the break when when I first moved here, and and I'm sitting there on a very calm, quiet, you know, sunny day, and all of a sudden an F-16 blows over the top of you, and you're kind of like, what's an F-16 doing here? And you're obviously. Uh, somebody has thought this out, and there's a reason for them to be here, and it's a strategic reason. Um, but I also think there could be an alternate reason to it, also. Um, and uh, I hope that there's an alternate reason. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And in you know, again, it, it just sparked the second part of uh, second part of my uh, my interest, which was, did you ever send a jet up to look at something that was a a UFO. Right, and how it, often have you done it? Did you ever see it? The right. original story of the, the jet that crashed that you guys covered in the first place. Right, in the 50s. They scrambled yeah. in the 50s. Yeah, yeah we would have to look, and maybe we should do that. Maybe that's what we'll look for. to see. And if anyone knows, let us know, or however you'll get to us. But there there has to be something to classify of how many times they've scrambled an unidentified flying object. Sure. It's public information. Yeah, and to your point... Maybe we were barking up the wrong tree. Maybe we need, like a, we need to make a, a request... For the records, for the records, or if yeah, we should figure I, out how we can do I that. I don't know, you know, but but, but to your point is, uh, yeah, if if there's any uh, retired military that's worked at that 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 base is gone, well, this guy's out of his tree, you know. Of course, it's there. Well, you for are out of your tree for strategic points, but uh, you know what? Uh, five years ago, if you would have said uh, the Air Forces, the government's releasing photos of UFOs. You, you would have denied that, too. So, you know, I think it just kind of goes along with the whole process of unveiling what's really going on with the, uh, the UFO issue. And, and uh, you know, it's just thought-provoking. I'll I, leave it at that. I agree fully with Dr. B. I think this is, I think that uh, when they start to release video like they have in the last Undeniable. Months, undeniable. It, you know, prior to... These, these things have been happening for a while, but they finally... In your pocket when you normally I, ju- I just think it's a it's a process to slowly get you ready to, to, to tell you what they really know. I take that back. The, the alien, the unidentified flying objects that the uh, military, the people that were on Dateline, the ones we're talking about, specifically the Tic Tac incident, um, that was, they actually tracked this device with their weapon system which they hadn't been able to do before, they explained because of the newer... Recently, um, just flew to an airbase in uh, in Nevada and just, like, hangs out, like, doing, like, seven to 800 miles an hour, just kind of hanging out, flying around this Air Force base. That's the most recent one. But you should check out the Dateline. Um, you know, we'll have maybe some more details for about it um, next time. But, like, you, know, you can't deny now that the era that we're in is the era of... of they're actually just people. It's crazy how people's attention spans are so short when it comes to something like this. They came out with a video. The friggin' ex, the military 
allowed these people to come out in 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 mainstream media and release this tape right of 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 a weapon system picking up identified an unidentified object for a jet that can do like mock i mean you know it can break the speed of i mean i don't know i don't know what the, how fast the f-15 goes but they they in no way could keep up with it even when it was going slow mock two yeah and 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 it's it's and they always end up going underwater like from the ones that we've seen almost every time. every single time of the new ones that they've released the hey, ones they, that they have substantial military video of they all go underwater they all splash it's all over the ocean so and, and that's what that, and we that's, got the biggest swimming pool uh, you know in the world of copper which may, which is used in electronics yeah, right go, go figure you know and that's that's bad cuz that was in that area it was north so, of Isle Royale. You know what? What I right? think the no, bottom no, line that, was, that uh, jet wasn't. That was in the Whitefish Bay area. Oh, okay. <laughs> not too far off the Keweenaw Peninsula. Right. You know, I, to the I, east of so it. closer. The, yeah. the Superior Triangle. Yeah. You know, I started this whole thing with the idea of hoping that we would find, or hoping that you could find incidents of aliens or different variations and unexplainable situations, and you know. It, in search of this and it's like you really don't have to search for it because there's such a vast history of it already existing right that's what i'm finding and it's out. just basically putting the pieces of the puzzle together to make it um you know more explainable maybe maybe it isn't aliens or maybe it isn't this or maybe it isn't that but there sure is a lot of just unknown stuff out there that's occurred through you know now, written history to, this is to something think. different that, that just goes totally off and I, I probably shouldn't even bring it up but it's it something that I have seen is that there's evidence that uh, evidence of a similar structure as to Stonehenge under Lake Michigan under Lake Michigan they have you know they can go down and, and do that on virtually the same as Stonehenge, as Stonehenge. Hmm. and it's underwater yeah, it's down in Michigan. We don't really care about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they said Stonehenge was some sort of navigation, they think, right? That's the theory that yeah. the Stonehenge was some sort of navigation. Yeah, and there you go. I yeah. mean, here we are. It showed them, it pointed, it had a big it had a big stone pointing at the Isle of Royale that said copper. Yeah. A couple, 700 miles. Well, they obviously yeah. wanted mica and they wanted copper and they wanted conductive materials. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean... With the shipwrecks, maybe that's tied to it as well. Who knows? Maybe there's something going on. Yeah, like I say, you just got. I mean, there are shipwrecks so many without, that had nothing to do with things. weather. The jet that went down, right, was yeah. scrambling an unidentified object nothing in nice weather. weather. Yeah. It and was it like met on radar, right, and disappeared from radar. Then they, yeah, and 50 years later, they found the jet. Yep. And they found left out of Grand Marais and found it, these, and it wasn't in the news. There's. If you Google it, you can find a few stories about it, but it just never was picked up. There, there are certain things that they just know humanity just isn't capable of digesting or dealing with. Or just doesn't get to a source where enough people... Dateline didn't pick that up. No. Dateline picked up what we just talked about and people are... It's not even being talked about. If you don't bring it up... I mean, have you heard it talked about? Did you know about no. it? No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. As long as your Facebook works, your new campers at the lake... You know what I'm saying? Or your kids your get to school time. on time. Mm-hmm. I mean, people kind of just want to live their lives. But lots of things have happened that have been buried, right? And or just forgotten about, or forgotten. It's there. People just don't care anymore. It's just so long ago. But people used it, to sit around a fire and tell stories, right? Yeah. Now we sit around a TV and watch Netflix. But go back 5,700 yeah. years ago. What were we doing? 
mining mm. copper as an alien. We were, we 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 actually were ahead fifteen thousand years. Then we came back because we ran out of copper in that dimension. Now we're back to get the copper from back then. We're actually mining. It's a time travel mine operation. I don't know if you know about it, Thor. Okay. Yep. So it's really advanced. I wouldn't expect you to understand. I'll have to blow my conch shell tonight <laughs> to talk to the people on the South Shore. The neighbors probably wondering what the hell's going on when you blow that conch shell. It just reverberates down the mountain. Well, it, it's it's an ancient means of communication. Sure. He needs to get one now, too, so you guys can communicate together back and forth. I'm too old to, to throw the shell. Well, Too, old, know, too old? Yeah. You know, and there's... To send the wind through the shell? With the shell, you know, when I blow up a long, continuous, that means everything is good. You seen that? This is it? Have you seen that? No, I have not oh, seen Oh, you got to see that. Okay. Here. But if I blow that shell and there's three short bursts that means it's wartime it's wartime yeah. which way do we battle which way do we attack and we down the hill yeah down the hill down the hill towards the lake be careful when you're practicing that thing don't throw three of them off on accident They're doing their air-to-air combat above you think me. you could blow a little shell for us just to end the episode yeah just to end it for uh fourth of july yeah give a little shell for okay, us. i'll come i'll come i'll come hold the mic for you because everyone knows you give good shell <laughs> i don't play shell games oh. <laughs> Battle time. Those were long bells. Oh, Those okay. Everybody, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, July. You never seen that video? Huh? You never seen that video? No, I haven't. You know who these guys are? No, the ones. The Elvis. Is that the one that you sent me of the guys up north that do all the comics? No, these, these guys are from Sweden. Oh no, I've never heard oh, of them. Oh shit. Mm. Oh yeah, you've got you've got. You know,